Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,406. Today we're going to have some fun talking about exotic cars. Things like Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Maseratis, and a whole lot more. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Costa Mesa, California, with a very special guest by the name of Colleen Sheehan. Colleen, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Absolutely. Something you've done many times, no doubt, given all the cool cars you get to hang out around. But before we begin and I give you a bit of a proper introduction and we dive into this world you have, I always like to ask my guests this. What's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Colleen? Well, <laughs> that that's a hard one because my entire life is mostly just cars. So that's pretty pretty basic. There's not much that people don't know. Especially if you watch my Instagram stories or anything like that, because I, I share all my daily silliness on there. <laughs> Your whole life is out there in the public. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I guess, you know, one thing that if you just know me from, you know, selling cars or YouTube, my hobby is doing projects around the house, you know, knocking down walls, building stuff, oh, uh, okay. kind of work with my hands. Yeah, well, that's fun. It's a diversion, I guess, if you will. And my life has been around cars, too. But I like to get out in the yard and, and actually do kind of gardening or just, you know, my neighbors laugh at me because I'll spend an hour on one bush making it just right, you know, just perfect. Right. Yeah. But it's <laughs> yeah. kind of, it puts me into a Zen zone. And that's a little bit different than the car world. But working around the house is fun. I love the fact that you uh, get out a hammer or a sledgehammer, knock down a wall and, and uh, do that. So that's very cool. Well, that's why I like to ask that question. Kind of shows a different facet of who you are. <laughs> yeah, right. I love it. Well, let me give you an introduction here. Colleen Sheehan is the sales manager at Ferraris Online, a company her father, Michael Sheehan, a name that all of us in the car world uh, have heard and know of for a long, long time, who founded the business back in 1972, 49 years ago. They offer decades of experience as specialty brokers of exotic cars, including Ferrari, Lamborghini, and Maserati, just to name a few. Colleen's passion for cars started at the tender age of eight when her father gave her a 1930 BMW 3-15 DA2. If you don't know what that is, look it up. It's kind of cool. <laughs> and uh, that was the car they restored together. And in 2003, when she was just 11, that car was accepted onto the lawn at Pebble Beach. I remember seeing that car when they had all those little cars there. Yeah. And guess what? She won an award and she set a record because she was the youngest person to ever drive a car over the podium at Pebble Beach. How cool is that? In fact, I even, I think I remembered that and seeing like, oh, why is your little girl driving that car? That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, right. Who'd have thought I'd be talking to that woman today? That's pretty neat. Today, she shares her passion for cars while helping clients achieve their dreams, either selling or buying cars or handing it off to the next caregiver. We'll be back to learn a lot more about Colleen and cars and all of that. But first, a word from our sponsors. So give them a little love. They keep the gas in the tanks here and we'll be right back. Buckle up. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up. 
way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. Did you know that Cars Yeah! is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Lipson? the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States. That's right. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars Yeah! has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars Yeah! every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique in very personal way, well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyad.com or through the website at carsyad.com today to learn more. So, Colleen, we are back. So I want to first go back in time a little bit because I know a little bit about you. I know that when you were young, I mentioned it in the intro, having a dad like your dad and uh, growing up around the car world and then him getting you into that BMW. I understand you also got into some karting and things, but I want to go back to when you realized, I think I like what my dad's doing. I think I like this car thing and it's something I'm going to stick with. So when did this passion really click for you? Well, I've always had a passion for cars, and it was the time I drove my BMW across the the podium that it really kind of sunk in. Like, I love cars. Uh, I love the whole automotive world, the automotive community, the people in it. And so growing up, just always being involved with the cars and around it, it was just a, a part of my life that I... I mean, maybe when I was younger, I took it for granted, but it was just part of who I was. And so there came a point when I graduated high school and I tried college a little bit, architecture and art and stuff like that. But I decided as much as, you know, it'd be cool to do my own thing. I also just love cars so much that I couldn't imagine a career that would be more fulfilling to me. So 
uh, decided to to join with my dad in the family business and uh, just dive completely into the world of cars. Yeah, well, dive you did, which is pretty cool. And being a father of a daughter, uh, I think nothing more proud and fun to uh, get to take something that you built up as the Shein. I mean, the business that your dad built is like a legacy, iconic type brand. And then have you come on board and help you develop into that. And boy, you sure have. Now, I understand that your company and you and your dad's company, you guys sell, buy, sell, and I think you commission too, but can you tell our listeners a little bit about what Ferraris Online is exactly as far as a dealership? Yeah, so we do a little bit of everything. We buy and sell, we consign. Basically, if somebody has a uh, exotic car, mostly we do specialize in Ferraris, but that's probably about 80% of the cars we get in. And then we get in all kinds of random stuff too. So it's not just Ferrari. Uh, Definitely lots of Italian cars, Lamborghini, Maserati. But uh, we had a couple C1 Corvettes recently, a Ford Model A, all kinds of stuff. So it's great because it's a mixture of everything. It's it's not, it, it's never boring. That's for sure. <laughs> well, for sure. I, you know, I was looking on your website this morning. Uh, you got, for instance, I mean, a lot of cool Ferraris, a 37 Bugatti Type 57. Yep. What? I mean, <laughs> and then I go, okay, what else have we got here? And I go on to a 206, an SB replica, which is quite an interesting car, Daytonas, um, 330s. And then I scroll down and I see a Delara Indy Lights race car. So you dabble in a lot of different things, but I think your, and your name tells it, Ferraris have been the brand of choice. And when you go and look on your site at cars you've sold, you've sold just about every kind of Ferrari there is, right? Yes, definitely. Uh, With over 50 years in the business. And I've been working with my dad for over 10 years now, probably about 12 years now. And um, even before I started officially working with him in the business as a kid, I was going around the country with him inspecting cars. So with over 50 years, my dad definitely sold I, I don't think there's a model of Ferrari he hasn't sold besides maybe some of the one-off. Yeah. Uh, and then with the time I've been doing it, I've definitely uh, had my fair share of different models run through the showroom as well. Well, you basically, well, why do you need to go to college? You've already got an MBA in this. I mean, having, <laughs> having traveled with your dad, the I would imagine as you were traveling and doing all this with your dad, just the, the joy of being with your dad. And of course, your dad was probably thrilled to have you along as well, uh, being interested in what he's doing and in cars. You just, almost by osmosis, you start learning. I mean, you look at what he's doing, you listen to him. You, you All of this is such a an education that takes people years and years and you got it all compressed uh, while being part of the family. And I'm sure many uh, dinner table and breakfast table conversations were all about cars. Uh, let me ask you this. What is the your favorite part about what you're doing in this career path? Well, the opportunity to see so many amazing cars and meet so many amazing people. I mean, it's almost impossible for me to choose what I enjoy more. I love the cars, but I also, I love my clients and getting to meet so many people and you never know uh, what somebody, somebody's life is about, you know, that we have such a wide variety of clients. So it's just 
amazing to be able to do what I love and call it work. Well, I think that's the neat part too with what you're doing because you work with a very special group of clientele. And I've always said car people are are special. I, I really believe it, especially after all the people in the life I've spent around cars. It's a very interesting group. And no matter what the socioeconomic level of somebody is, you can meet them at a car show. And I'm sure with your business too, you can be talking to a billionaire. They could do anything he wants, buy anything he wants, but he's just, he or she is just a down to life person. I mean, they're just, they like cars mm-hmm. and they're easy to talk to. And there's usually not too much, uh, too much ostentatiousness, or it could be somebody that this is their first Ferrari and they've dreamed of it their whole life. And I would say you guys are dream makers. You look at yourself that way sometimes. <laughs> well, actually, uh, my dad once told me we sell dreams, not cars. Yes. <laughs> and so that's, that's definitely, uh, something I've thought of before because when you when most people not even just car people but anyone in general you think of buying a car it's utilitarian and yes you want to enjoy whatever you're buying but for most people it's okay it's a car does it get you from a to b and so with the kind of cars I sell it's not the same thing it's usually people buy cars that they had a poster on their wall of as a kid, uh, or at least that's what they want to buy. And so it it is a dream. It's something that people have usually thought about for a long time and always wanted and are at that point in their life where they're going to make it happen. And so, you know, it, it is very special to me because so many people enjoy the cars that they buy so much and, you know, have sent me photos of them traveling around with the cars. And it just, it makes me so happy to see. Well, it's a different realm, if you will, because a lot of people, and I've been in this realm of you buy a regular car, you're going to drive as a commuter car and you want it to be a fun experience. And lots of times it isn't. I think it's why mm-hmm. the car world has changed so much. And you always walk away feeling like, did I get taken advantage of? Did I pay too much? What you're doing is a completely different realm. And I'll give you a, a really fun story real quickly. I had a guest on the show that had a business where he would go out and teach people at high-end dealerships how to sell cars better for the clients because it's a different experience. I would assume for you as well, you're dealing with a very different experience. And he had a uh, a past uh, person who'd been in the shop and had it passed. And the guy called and he said, look, I'm, I've got a client who wants to buy a Ferrari, but he can't decide between which two models. And he just won't mm-hmm. make a decision. And uh, this gentleman's name was Russell. And he said, he's not buying the car because he has to. You're fulfilling a dream for him. Suggest he buy both of them and double his dream. And guess what? Yeah. Guess what happened? <laughs> the guy bought them both. Hmm. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So in in a way or in a big way, that's what you and your father and your team there, what you guys do. I, I like to ask about mentors or influential people, what I call our driving inspirations in your life. I, I assume you have met many people like that have been influential. Perhaps you call them mentors. Perhaps your dad is the answer to this question. That would be pretty obvious. But is there one key person in your life has been that special driving inspiration for you? Yes, definitely my dad. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's taught me so much about the cars and, and just being growing up, going racing with him. Um, it's all just accumulated to where I am today and I, I couldn't be more grateful. Yeah. Well, you know how lucky you are, right? Oh yeah. I never take it for granted. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit though about a challenge. 
because challenges come with everything, no matter how dreamy your job may be. Uh, Challenges are obstacles or things that get in our way, but they teach us really valuable lessons. And I'm hoping there's one you could share with us that you can look back now and go, I'm kind of happy I had to go through that. Well, let's see. So I guess constant challenge is even though I get to deal with the cars I love so much, it's still my career, my job. And so you come to the realization that not every deal is going to happen. And there's lots of things that fall apart, sometimes for no reason. Uh, I've had cars that run amazing. They, they work perfectly for me. And then on the day, the person's going to come and test drive it. It won't start. And it's usually foul spark plugs or something simple, but it just will completely tear a deal apart because the, the one day where it really needs to keep running perfect, it just decides to, to throw a little temper tantrum. And, uh, so I guess it's not one specific example, but, uh, just having done this for a while and having dealt with that happening a few times, you learn to kind of go with the flow and, um, not put your eggs in one basket and, and just understand that, uh, people will change their mind. Cars will decide to, you know, argue with you and, and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Cars, old cars do argue with you. I think that's part of the experience uh, and part of the fun, but I understand. And especially when you're dealing with old cars and, uh, I, what I call maybe persnickety cars, finicky cars, uh, mm-hmm. which old Ferraris can be, but any old car, uh, can be that way. I think we take for granted how good cars are these days, even, you know, new Ferraris, new Maserati. I mean, all these cars are just so good compared to cars from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, even 2000s uh, that had challenges. So so what would be... yeah, what would be your advice to somebody that no matter what they're working in, when they hit a, a, a speed bump uh, to use a, something that works with cars, something like that, how or what would be your advice to help them? You mentioned kind of go with the flow, but maybe a little more in depth of how you mentally or even physically react to a, a situation so it doesn't all collapse because, yeah, car people, they can be totally emotional and they get there and they see the car and all of a sudden the love is gone for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing to do about it. But how do you manage when you get into those those tense situations, especially when you're talking about the kind of money you guys are talking about with the cost of some of these cars? Well, it's all situational. There's really such a wide variety of people and cars and everything we deal with that uh, you never know how things are going to play out. So you can't get too wrapped up in stuff and you can't have too many expectations going into something. So as an example, I had a car one time and it ran great. And then I didn't want to start when the guy showed up and he was a larger collector. Uh, He's dealt with older cars, no lack of times. And so he went, eh, probably spark plugs i'll <laughs> yeah. buy it anyways yeah <laughs> and and you know and he still bought the car and uh but then I, i've had people who come by and the car is exactly as described and uh they go you know i think i've changed my mind and yep. and that's fine too because more than anything i want people to be happy with the cars they get these are fun dream cars so uh you know if somebody does come by and look at a car and say, you know, I thought I'd be more excited about this, but hey, I did have a guy one time, uh, he was in, he wanted a, a green 275 GTB. And so we 
track down a green 275 GTV. And he went to see it and he went, you know, in person, I just didn't like the color as much as I thought I would. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> what can you do? And hey, it happens. And and if he looks at it and isn't thrilled by it, then it, I don't want him to buy it because I want him to look at it and be like, yeah, that is the most gorgeous car ever. <laughs> well, I'm impressed you found a green 275. I mean, that's like, right? when was the last time you saw one of those? That's pretty rare. Well, I think the key thing here is don't get wrapped around the axle, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah stay calm. So when you look ahead at your career in the company, what would be a special dream for you looking down the road uh, that you see as part of this vision of your future there? Well, in general, I mean, I, I kind of have my dream job. Uh, so, you know, I'm very happy just continuing to do what I do. But uh, an absolute dream of mine, which includes cars, of course, would be to drive in the Millimilia. Mm. Uh, and that is something I plan on doing in the next couple of years. Not sure exactly what year or with what car, but uh, that is very high on my dream list. Nice. You think you'd do that with your dad? Oh, I would love to. Me and him have talked about it many times. Awesome. You got to do it. That sounds spectacular. Man, what a dream. Well, let's talk about special cars, something that you live around, you live, eat, breathe. Uh, is there one special car in your past, or maybe it's in your current, uh, that you could share with us? Uh, maybe a story about that ride? Well, I guess. Uh, well, obviously, my uh, my BMW holds a very special place in my heart. Uh, it's a car that is never going to be for sale. And I've had it for a majority of my life at this point. And so that, that car is very special to me. There's a few others that really stand out. So my dad raced uh, Comp Daytonas a lot. And he's had quite a few. And, uh, growing up, that was one of the first real cars I ever got a ride in on the racetrack. Nice. Uh, so I have a memory of going around Elkhart Lake with my dad and his comp Daytona and it just, the, the, the look and the power and the, the sound of that car always stuck with me. So the comp Daytona has definitely become my favorite car and they're big and unruly and heavy and, you know, they're. They're usually not people's first choice, but that is part of the allure of it to me. Oh, no kidding. Holy cow. They are a handful. That's for sure. I want to go back to the BMW here for a second because I mentioned in your intro that you took that car to Pebble Beach. It's a car your dad bought for you when you were young. You guys restored it. Uh, they were doing a special uh, display of unique small cars, if you will, because it's like <laughs> a little baby doll car. You know, it's really, really yeah. an interesting size car. But you mentioned something to me before we started the show here that you took that car back to Pebble again. So you had that car on the lawn twice, right? Yes. Yeah, it was first there in 2003, and then it was there the second time in 2016. Well, I mean, what was that like? Because that's something that people dream of, is being able to take a car to Pebble. And, you know, you were now how old were you again when you, for the first year you took it? 11. Uh, 11. Okay. So I'm just trying to imagine being an 11-year-old at Pebble with a car, and then you take home a prize and you get to jump in the car and then you're the youngest person to ever drive over the stage I, I, what is that like I mean, for an 11 year old <laughs> well it's it's crazy and when you're young when you're 11 
you don't really have an idea of what the impact of something like that really is, like what the, the real meaning of it is. And so I just remember that weekend just being an absolute blast. I mean, it was so much fun to go on the tour. And I obviously I didn't drive it on the tour. Uh, so little much for an 11 year old. <laughs> yeah, but, maybe so. Um, you know, but I, I sat, sat in the car waving as people are, you know, on the side watching the, the tour go by. And, and then at the end of the tour, one of the judges walked up to my dad and said, so this is, this is her car, right? And he goes, yes. The judge says, uh, so if by chance it happened to win a prize, could she drive it across the podium? Mm. And he goes, yeah, of course. And the judge says, okay, just good info to know. And he walks away. And my dad turns to me and says, you're getting driving lessons. <laughs> yeah, real quick on the lawn at Pebble. Great place to learn, right? <laughs> right. Uh, the tour is, uh, you know, a little bit before the uh, concourse. So there was there was some time for me to go in the parking lot and learn. Because uh, while I had been racing with my dad for years at that point, uh, go-karts and shifter carts are slightly different than a 1930s car with no synchros and tricky clutch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and that, that was the first car I really ever drove, like actual car and not, you know, small race car. And if you can drive that, you can drive just about anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think so. There's a great picture. I'm going to put a link to this on your Cars Yeah Show Notes page and Beamer Life on their online uh, Beamer Life. Of course, if you're a member of the BMW Club, you get that uh, great publication. Mm -hmm. But there's a great picture of you driving over the lawn with your brother, Mick. He, he looks a little bit scared. I love the look on his face. You probably know the picture I'm talking about. Yes, I do. You look very serious and uh, proper uh, for what was about to happen. The crowd is like on their feet screaming, you know, just going, oh my gosh. C could you explain for a, a moment here to listeners that go, what what are you guys talking about? What is this little car? Because it really is, it almost looks like a little toy car. I mean, it's not super small, like a like the garden Cadillac that I had. My car wasn't nearly <laughs> as cool as yours. I had to pedal it. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's a beautiful blue, BMW kind of blue color. But can you explain a little bit about what this thing is? Because it, it's really unique when you think about the history of BMW. Yeah, so a lot of people don't know that this car exists. Even a lot of hardcore BMW enthusiasts don't know about the DA2. And for obvious reasons, I mean, BMW first started producing cars in very, very late 1928. And what they had done is uh, basically, in a nutshell, they bought the rights from uh, Austin 7 mm -hmm. to duplicate the cars or, you know, use the design. And so it looked like kind of like an Austin 7. But there's some big differences, Bosch versus Lucas, Metric, Whitworth, you know, it's none of the parts between the Austin 7 and the DA2 are interchangeable. Uh, but that's, that's kind of what it looks like and, and what it's based off of. And so BMW started producing those cars, but then the war hit and most of the cars were seized and destroyed. So my car survived because it was owned by a couple doctors. So they were allowed to keep their car. And so it managed to survive the war. But there aren't many left. And a vast majority, almost all of them are located in Europe. So especially here in America, you just 
never really see them. Right. It's it's known as a Dixie. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty low car. A little four-cylinder engine that's about the size of a shoebox. Uh, the engine is what I'm talking about. I mean, little <laughs> yeah. tiny thing, but uh, great fun. And on that, I'll put, again, I'll put a link to the, the Beamer Life uh, article here because you can see what the car looked like when you guys got it, which it needed some mm-hmm. help, right? Uh, it looked like some yeah. pieces were missing and then uh, what it looked like looks like today and afterwards. But uh, I love that shot of you and your brother going over the podium uh very very cool <laughs> i love it appreciate you appreciate you sharing that now i'm gonna crawl into your head a little bit here i i like to play car psychologist if you were reincarnated mm-hmm. manifest as a vehicle what would you be and why <laughs> well you know i'd love to say a 250 testarossa of course because they're they're absolutely amazing cars i mean just the design of them is stunning and uh everything about them is the the power and the performance the balance they have is great but truthfully uh and probably why it's my favorite car i'm more relatable to a comp daytona because uh powerful and and i think they're gorgeous but you know also a bit unruly and uh hard to manage <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, that's a nice way to put it. I love it. Uh, very, very cool. So yeah, nice. Maybe a, a nice mixture of both. Let's say that. I think that's pretty right. cool. Now, I love to ask about books that my guests have enjoyed that they might want to share with our listeners. Is there a book that stands out for you? It doesn't have to be a car book. Um, you know, there's not really a book that pops to the top of my mind. I read a lot of different car books, mostly, you know, if I'm trying to get more info from, for certain cars, so like the Dino Compendium is an amazing resource. So as far as cars go, if you're trying to learn about cars, especially if you have a specific model in mind you want to learn more about or the history of a brand, then there's no lack of good books. And, and I can't pick one because whenever, so we have uh, shelves and shelves and shelves of books and Whenever I really want to kind of dive more in depth into the history of a certain make or model, then I just kind of go through the shelves and find the right book and start sifting through the pages. So sadly, I can't really answer your question because there's not one that sticks to mind. It's more just whatever a person's curiosity is. I'm sure there's a book about it. And uh, even for my BMW, you know, somebody gave me a book all about 1930s BMWs. So they're amazing resources. Well, no kidding. And there are so many of them out there. I'll remind our listeners, I have a great place on the website called Guest Recommended Books, where there's over 3,000 books there now, and I've interviewed lots and lots of publishers and authors and lots on the in the Ferrari world as well. So that's very cool. Let me. I haven't asked anybody this question, but I'm going to ask you since we're kind of on this vein. If you could think of a car that you guys have sold, and as you were learning about it, you uncovered something that was absolutely stunning, magnificent, odd, weird, whatever it might be. Is there one little story you can share about a car that you just, you found out something about and you went, what? Well, that's one of my favorite things about this job is you're always learning. Mm -hmm. And with these cars, there's so much to learn. So I get asked questions once in a while that stump me. I'm you know, I'm not sure the answer to. And mm-hmm. so I start doing my research. And I had a guy recently ask me about a 456, 
which is pretty basic. I mean, it's it's four fifty six. It's awesome, but you know, it, it's not some crazy rare car. And he says, uh, is the engine the same V twelve engine, just you know, upgraded and more modern, but that they've been using? And I thought about it. I'm like, I think so, but I'm not sure. And so I looked into it, and actually, Ferrari had redesigned the engines for the 456. And instead of being a 60-degree V12, it's now a 65-degree V12. And so it's completely left the old uh, classic Colombo engine behind, and the 456 was the beginning of the newly redesigned 65-degree engine. So learn it, little things like that where... You know, I know a lot about the various models, but since I work with a variety of cars, you know, I know a a lot about them, but not everything. And so when you get to learn those fun little details, it's just that I just, I nerd out over stuff like that. (laughs) Great story. I love it. So let's go on the ultimate drive. I'm a bit of an enabler here at Cars. Yeah, I'm going to park any car in your driveway. You can take it for a drive. You can take it anywhere in the world, and you can take anybody with you, including somebody from the past that's no longer with us, which opens up a lot of opportunities. So from a lady like you that gets to hang around with so many cool cars, what would the ultimate drive look like for you? Well, in the 80s, my dad raced a 250 Testarossa called Lucy Bell. So it's the white pontoon fender Testarossa with the blue stripe. Uh, He raced that in the Millamilia. And... The ultimate drive for me, and that car today is, you know, a little out of my financial um, reach. I think most so, most people's, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, the the dream would be to to race with my dad mm. in that car in the Millamilia, like he did in the eighties. And you know, it's it's a good dream to have, but probably going to say a dream. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just. Those that caliber of Ferrari, all those cars. I mean, they were always expensive at a certain point. There was a point you think about it when they were just old used cars and nobody really wanted them for the most because they, yeah. they were very difficult to deal with. Not something you drive on the streets, but of course, all that has changed now. But uh, I didn't realize your dad uh, actually ran that Lucy Bell uh, in the Mille Millia. So wouldn't that be cool? That's a '58, I believe, which is a special year for me because that's the year I was born. So there you go. Um, I think the last time, I'm trying to remember, last time that, how much would a car like that be worth today? Ooh, uh, that would probably be close to 50 million. 50, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think, um, I was thinking 40, but that was a while ago. So things have gotten out of hand (laughs) since then. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They always do. those cars that are the best of the best, uh, the, the economy doesn't really affect them. No, uh, no. They're, they're just on a completely different playing field than, than even, and Ferraris are special in general, but there's, there's levels to them. Was that car, the year that they had all the TRs on the lawn at Pebble, was that car there that year? I'm trying, trying to remember if uh, I saw a that, white one. That car was not, but I did get to see it just a few months ago at uh, Goodwood. Oh, there you go. Okay, so it's yeah. living over in Europe? Uh, yes. 
Very yeah, cool. it's actually still with the gentleman who bought it from my dad in, uh, I think it was in 89. It might have been 88. Well, that was a good investment. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, you've taken us on a wonderful drive today, and what a life you're living. I'm, I'm just so happy for you and, and your dad. Again, being a dad of a daughter, I can't imagine that would be so cool to work not only in a field of passion around automobiles, but then get to have your, your daughter with you. It'd be extra special. Before I let you go, could you share some words of inspiration, wisdom, a success quote, or a mantra that has meaning for you? Um, well, I mean, I've always lived on the the whole phrase, you know, do what you love and you never work a day in your life. It is true. But at the same time, it's not like you never work a day in your life. Yeah. Uh, there's, <laughs> there, there's definitely been days where instead of going out with friends on a Saturday night, I'm cleaning the showroom or you know, getting a car ready for a inspection the next day or, or doing something that's not as, uh, you know, glamorous. and, and <laughs> yeah. glamorous, uh, as what the job always seems like on paper, yeah. but it's a hundred percent worth it. The, the long hours, the, you know, hard work, it's hard, but it's fulfilling. And so even if you get to do a job that you love, never take for granted that the the hard times and the good times you know the hard times make the good times better so uh it's all it's all worth it you just got to work hard at at what you want and your dreams can come true absolutely true you're the epitome of that colleen how can people learn more about ferraris online well i have a youtube channel that um i do videos on most of the cars that i sell Nice. So uh, that's mostly learning more about cars, uh, but you get to see our inventory. And then uh, you can go on our website, ferraris-online.com. Uh, and then on social media, I'm always posting the cars and all the you know shenanigans around the showroom and everything. Uh, and so my Instagram is Colleen365GTB4C. Three six five GTB four C. Gee, how'd you come up with that? <laughs> I love it. And then, if people right. want to find, and if people want to, yeah, a little insider uh, numbering on Ferraris there. And if people want to find your YouTube page, what is that listed under? Is it under Ferraris Online? Yes. Okay. Cool. I'll make sure I put links to these on Colleen's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. You can find everything right there. And I want to do a shout out. Uh, thank you to a mutual friend uh, and a past guest here, Kelly Dietrich, who introduced me to Colleen. Uh, yeah. Kelly, boy, if you want to know about cars, especially competition cars, Kelly's the one to call. And if you missed my talk oh, yeah. with her, she's an amazing woman. Uh, just incredible. And an incredible story about how she got to where she got. I'd encourage you to go back and find her show on the Cars yeah website, Kelly Dietrich. Kelly, thank Thank you very much for the introduction. Colleen, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and sharing the fun life you are living. You're the epitome of what Cars yeah is all about. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. You're welcome. 20, 50, or 100 years from now, will there be a workforce to care for the collector vehicles we love? With auto shop programs disappearing across the country, it's a question we enthusiasts have to ask. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these vehicles aren't lost to time. One of the many ways RPM, which is short for Restoration 
preservation, and mentorship, is accomplishing this goal is through workforce development initiatives. The RPM Apprenticeship Program enables the next generation of artisans to earn a living while they learn the craft of restoring and preserving these vehicles directly from industry professionals. The Endangered Skills Program documents the process of masters training future craftspeople on a variety of critical skills in danger of being lost forever. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of the collector vehicle skills trade, visit RPM Foundation today. They're one of the charities of choice here on Cars Yeah! Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!